Welcome back to the Section K Podcast. Today is Tuesday, February the 4th. A little bit of a later episode this week. We wanted to make sure we were able to spectate both the Open Finals, the Classic Challenge, and the Open Derby Finals at this year's 2020 Ike Derby Classic at the Ike Hamilton Event Center in West Monroe, Louisiana. So last night, CBL and I got together on Skype, watched the 5-6 finals, which were a hell of a finals. We break those Barn down kind of live, uh, kind of live reactions uh, on the podcast. And then uh, we're going to settle in for a little bit of a three-way phone call with our good man, Cody Headland, that is actually in West Monroe, uh, showing at the Ike. Uh, so we're going to talk about these four-year-old open finals that just wrapped up this afternoon. Uh, in West Monroe, Louisiana. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode of the Section K Podcast. Today's episode of the Section K Podcast is brought to you by Dennis Moreland Tack. Tack handcrafted by Cowboys for Cowboys for 43 years and counting. Since 76, Dennis has built high-quality tack for training, working, and showing. Get the best. Get your tack at Dennis Moreland Tack. Visit www.dmtack.com. Well, CBL, looks like the Ike Derby and Classic out in West Monroe, Louisiana has gotten off to quite the start. Uh, the five, six-year-old Open, it was a one-go and a finals, and man, starting off the year really tough, a 221 and a half to advance to those five, six finals that we're actually uh, getting ready to watch here as we're recording, sit down to record. Uh, Cody was on the on the road to West Monroe, so we figured we would sit down and kind of pick through these five, six open finals. CBL, what were some of your interpretations from that first go of the five, six open? Sure looked like a lot of really good horses as we were kind of talking about before we started recording, but man, there's also a lot of good horses that did not advance. What what were your thoughts on, on these finals that we got coming up here tonight? Well, I mean, obviously you uh, had to come a cutting in the first go, but I mean, with with these horses and being in the five six, I mean, it's especially in these finals. It's just a matter of who gets the best cow cut because all of these horses are elite, and uh, I mean, it's almost a shame that some of those didn't get in that are marked to twenty or uh, even the eighteens, nineteens. I mean, for me personally, I think it's some. It's kind of hard for me to grasp my head around that someone's marking an eighteen and not making the finals but uh, I mean like we said a lot in the, the past I mean the riders uh, they're just so elite right now and so are the horses and when you get that combination uh, I think like we're about to watch right here we're gonna have a good finals and watch just bearing that the cattle are good yeah I thought the just the the leaderboard I mean you look at the top of a leaderboard in a first go round. you don't see many 227s and of any place that we go uh, throughout the year, I feel like West Monroe, uh, if you mark a 227, you probably earned it. The cattle were probably tough. Uh, you probably cut it. You had to cut them clean because if you don't cut the little swamp rats out in West Monroe clean, then you're pretty much setting up for failure. So uh, that was kind of my first thought was seeing uh, Lloyd marking the 227 on blackish. He must have selected some really good cattle 
and cut them soft and, and smooth just like Lloyd always does to mark that 227 because, I mean, if you're marking a 27 in the first go-round at an aged event, that's pretty much nothing to sneeze at, as our man no. Cody, Cody Hedlund would say. But, I mean, what what's there to say about you got two black horses at the top of the leaderboard? Fun little fact yeah. there. Bad, Booner, is... Bad Booner Rising, he's uh, just kicking off breeding season this year in his uh, freshman year of uh, – standing at the breeding shed. I mean, you got Carolina Rain, Hot Heels, Big A on Julie Julie Beasley's horse, CR Dueling Out Tough, Crazy, Rolls Royce, D-Mac, Dogfather, Cool and Hot, earner of almost 400000 I mean, what more in a field of five, six open, ho- open finals horses would you want to see? I feel like this year, I'm really excited about the Triple Crown, uh, five, six classes, CBL. I feel like those especially, I love watching the older horses come and compete and yeah. Will Rogers and I mean, we're just getting started here here this year in 2020, and I think this is just just the tip of the iceberg of some of some of the awesome finals that we're going to see, whether it be the Super Stakes or the BI or the Derby or out in Vegas in June or or really anywhere that our buckle coming up here here in a couple of weeks. I'll be really anxious to see see some of the results out there because, as you know. There's certain people that just like to go to Arbuckle, whether it's Matt Gaines. That's kind of his his kickoff to the year. He went out to Arizona, but that's really where Matt Gaines kind of gets started. So I'll be interested yeah, last to, year to he see had how that yeah, he, yeah the, Ar- exactly. That's exactly why I brought that up. You have a really good memory, C Bill. You can't right, slip you. a damn thing by you. But I, I I agree, and that's why I think it's interesting too. Just here at the beginning of the year, with so many shows going on, uh, just seeing what people choose. Uh, where, where they want to go show, uh, how they kind of want to attack the start of the year because it is really hard to decide where to get started. You could go to some of these early age events, whether it's Abilene or the Ike, or you also have the stock show route if you're if you're a hauler. So uh, you can really hit some, whether it's San Antonio, Fort Worth, Houston, all those big stock shows here in the first two really month and a half of the year just going to weekend shows. So I think it's really intriguing to, to see how people – pick and choose their schedules. Hey, big shout out Colin Chartier too, hot new cowboy. Uh he's the pretty Wolverine. He's pretty hot right now. He Yeah. I think he won a little bet last night on the Super Bowl. Uh, I mentioned it on Facebook, but big congratulations to Colin Chartier on winning his first bet. I'm really happy for him. Um, <laughs> I never thought this day would come and I know a lot of thought, a lot of effort has uh been, and a lot of hard work has been put into this, so a uh, big congratulations to He might as well retire Cole. now. Yeah, he might as well retire now. <laughs> Never bet Matt Miller anything dumb. Don't bet Wesley. Don't bet Bo. Don't don't bet any of us, Colin, because you're probably going to lose. But, yeah, big shout-out to Colin, marking a 221.5 on Hot New Cowboy. I was happy to see him in there. Hey, how about CR Smart Boots? I don't know if uh, many people remember that horse, Mr. Ty Brown in the saddle at the Fatirity. Um, Boyd Rice has gone on to do unbelievable things on that horse for the Sarko Creek Ranch, but that's another one I'm pretty excited to watch in these 5-6 open finals. I I mean, you you said nearly the whole field of these horses, and, you know, it's it's almost to the point where you feel like you're overhyping these horses. But, I mean, this this field of horses is – top of the line and you know you sometimes don't look at it that way but it's getting to be that these five and six year old horses i mean they're they're the bona fide superstars as in they're the elite open horses uh and in this field this is a pretty crazy number and uh don's about to get us started here but there is a combined 2.6 million dollars in earnings with just the horses alone in these five six finals that's a lot of money, and there's 
I think only 14 horses in the final. So that's a pretty good amount of money for, I mean, there's just one set of cattle uh, in these five, six open finals um, with it just being one go. They didn't take as many horses back. So yeah, I think it's pretty amazing to see uh, that many, that much money uh, being won uh, by some horses that are, I mean, a lot of these horses are just, just getting into the classic challenge class. So it's really interesting to see horses that are, I mean, still have two more years, like X's and O's, for example, she, she's still going to have two more years to, to go to all these shows and, and have <laughs> the goat and the saddle shown her. So, and not to mention she has an amateur rider too, that does pretty well, uh, Mr. Gary Barker. So I think it's really interesting to see what really just what is to come. So, K-Rudd, from your experiences showing, how many times have you been first out in the finals? I have only been first out in the finals, I think, like twice. I like being first out in Fort Worth, though, believe it or not. Hot take right there. Unpopular take right there. But I have had tremendous success being first out in Will Rogers. I don't know why. And I think I've actually been first. I think last year at the Ike, I want to say I was first out and did good too. I don't know why, but I don't really mind being first out. Do you not like being first? Uh, no, I really, I mean, obviously this is kind of a, a generic answer, but I mean, any draw in the finals is yeah, a good one. But I, the strategy uh, in your game plan, I think, is, is different being first out uh, because – I don't know you get to when you get to be in the middle of that that the field of horses you kind of uh know what you need to ask out of your horse and you kind of know uh what not to push and being first out you if you want to be up at the top you're gonna have to ask uh a little bit more than uh maybe you want to at the beginning of the run and uh i mean adon's he's he just just did the the, the deal. I yeah, mean, that was a, everybody as good uh, as first first out as you'd want to be with the two twenty three. But yeah, I feel like being first in general for me, like sometimes if I'm later in the finals, I'll kind of like overhype it and I'll be like, oh, you'll see what's marked early on. I feel like if you're early, you're just worried. I'm at least me. I'm more worried about just driving up, not flushing a cow, yeah. cutting my cows clean. And not really worried about marking something crazy, um, so as I am, as I am, uh, kind of deeper in the finals. But what a start in the five six open yeah, finals, CBL. I'm glad we kind of decided to do this little, little live, little live podcast, somewhat live, I guess. But yeah, you got Mr. Boyd Rice, CR Smart Boots, as I was talking about coming up next. I, I think these, the next, I mean, really all fourteen of these horses, but I'm really excited to watch the next seven or eight or so um boots bad Boon rising blackish crazy hot new cowboy i don't personally expect the 223 to win this there's no way we'll just I go mean, and say unless no that a don a don just went out there and picked the only three good cows in there uh then maybe that's the case but i just i don't see a 223 one in this um five six finals well like what more can a guy do first out i mean go out there and mark I- Mark, two seventy fours and one seventy five. You did your job, man. Like, yeah, no, it just I comes mean, down to I, to having a better jar, just being deeper. And I mean, as you saw at the Futurity this year, Adon on twice in Santiago, who he also uh, was the top uh, scorer in the first two goes in the four year old here at the Ike Derby and Classic. But 
Yeah, I mean, there's something about that guy and Don first in the finals. Is that kind of why you asked that question uh, first? Is because we've seen we have seen a Don first in the finals a ton. I feel like recently. Yeah, and I mean, just just wanted to hear kind of what you would what when you show what you think uh, going in there when you're first. I prefer watching cows horseback too. Believe it or not, I don't know why. I I don't know if I necessarily like that part of it uh i i think i get to worrying about showing a little bit too much just be especially in the will rogers costume just being horseback and and not i sometimes don't i'll get 100 percent focused in on on watching the cows and whatnot but um i going back on to first out i the very first time I made the uh, finals in Fort Worth in the limited 5-6, I was first out. And I watched a video of Lee Francois. And dang, now I can't remember. There's another one. Um, and Lee Francois said that he had had Eddie Flynn settle his cattle. So because Lee Francois said that, I had Eddie Flynn settle my cattle uh, in those finals, and I, I ended up winning it, and I mean, I, it's just funny, because I think if I was, if I wouldn't have done good that time, my game plan would have been a whole lot different in all the other finals that I have showed in in Fort Worth, because it just gave me that feeling, is that's what you, ha- how you had to go and go show, is just go and go balls to the walls in the finals and i it's cost me a lot in fort worth because i've tried that and i have lost a cow or something and like at the the fraternity finals uh in 2013 uh, i was first out and i missed my first cut (laughs) so i mean it can i don't know so i think that sometimes being first out you can get a little wound up just knowing that you got to mark a little bit more for sure this is a uh, bad been rising. This horse, I mean, ever since he came onto the stage, um, he's been one of the the horses that you have to make sure you're beating if you're wanting to win uh, one of these aged events. And um, I mean, Adon started off uh, well with his 223, and I expect uh, that he's going to go put on a show right here with this horse. Yeah, this horse from its birth has just had high expectations I yeah. feel like just the blood that it has and of course Roy Stalkup training it as a two-year-old and then um Todd and Elizabeth buying it in the sale and then coming to the fraternity and everybody I mean as a three-year-old at the fraternity Bad Boona Rising was as trained and as mature and as ready as really any horse that I've seen it was just he did everything so easy and it was it was so effortless for him at the fraternity um Right now, Adon's at the top of his game. Yeah, do you remember Uh, anyone winning two back-to-back reserve fraternity championships? That's a – I don't remember any. I'm sure someone someone has, but off the top of my head, I would would say I do not know. Yeah. I'm sure the people at home, I'm sure someone will uh, tell us the My point's just consistency. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Adon is so light on top of a horse. He's not a big guy as is, but – he can. He just is so quiet and in, in time with the horse that 
it nearly makes it look effortless uh, sometimes for himself, but the, it, you just can get so in sync with the horse and the horse being so in time with the cow that uh, it's hard for the judges not to mark him. Yeah, I remember one of my favorite quotes about Adon was by his Uncle Diego when I was first riding cutting horses. He was like, you know, Caden, Adon, he make the finals on a donkey. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, he probably could. <laughs> he probably could. <laughs> It's true. That's no lie. You know? It's true. <laughs> I know. He, he's off to um, a good start with this run. Here he's going in to cut his second cow now. I'm sad I'm not going to West Monroe this year. That's a, it's a good – Robert Charles does a good job putting on putting on shows. I, uh, I've only showed there once, but I've been there two different times. Uh, I Personally, I highly uh, recommend the Ike. And the con stakes, it's just, for me personally, it's just so humid yeah. when that show's going on. Yeah, that's not, uh, that's, you're not used to that up in your country. No, sir. <laughs> but I, I'm, it's, I mean, it's, every, all the top guys go to the shows in West Monroe. And uh, I don't know. This one, this is just, it's the beginning of the year, I feel like, with this show. Yeah. Is everyone is officially out and going to the shows? I mean, yeah, we've had Abilene and we've had Augusta, but some of those, some people don't go to those shows. And then, uh, yeah, you had some the, people still in yacht mode during Abilene, yeah. man. I mean, you had people that were island hopping in the Bahamas uh, before. I guess that was right after Abilene. So, yeah, not everyone's in in show mode really in the month of January. I know it's really hard to want to get out there on New Year's Day in the cold in Abilene, or at least for me it is. I like to be holed up watching watching football, so Adon putting on another show, marking the two twenty two. Two horses in the finals. A two twenty two and a two twenty three. Pretty good day's work it, at the cut yeah, there, it, there at the Ike Hamilton event center. And being Rome. first and third out in being able to get one showed and only being one horse in between and going and marketing 222 uh, on his following horse. Uh, I mean, just, I mean, all that we had just said about Adon, I mean, that him marking a 223 and a 222, I mean, explains enough of that. Yeah, then you got the goat coming in here on the first go round leader, Blackish, another, I guess, a half sibling to the horse. That just or no, it'd be a some sort of relative because I guess I think Bad Boon Rising is out of Showbiz Kitty, and Blackish is out of SS Black's little little kitty who is out of Showbiz Kitty. So there's cool little lineage right there. The two black horses related to one another. What are the odds? What are the odds? Pretty good actually in cutting. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh. <laughs> Hey Rudd, what's your what was your thoughts on the game last night? Super Bowl. It's pretty unbelievable game. I worked during the first half and um, came home and watched the second half, and it was very entertaining. I thought the game. I thought we got exactly what we deserved after watching a terrible Super Bowl last year. Um, I thought it was actually a a pretty good uh, pretty good Super Bowl. I mean, I feel like everyone's hopes are always super high and that we're going to see an instant classic and yeah. I mean, last night was as close as, as you're going to come to that. Uh, wasn't an overtime game or anything like that, but I mean, you have Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs down 
by what ten points with yeah. seven minutes left, and they come back and score uh, fourteen to, or I guess twenty-one unanswered points to win by eleven. So uh, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I've told people this for a long time how good Patrick Mahomes was, just being a TCU fan and watching him in the Big Twelve Conference his whole college career. I knew that guy was going to do unbelievable things in the NFL. So it's not really a huge surprise uh, to me. Yeah, uh, to see now, him I, win a Super Bowl already. In my opinion, I mean, he's as he's as destined to go down as uh, one of the all-time great quarterbacks, just from what he's shown so far. How many Super uh, Bowls do you think he'll win? Man, I, I I I think that me being conservative, saying three, wow, is is being. I think I'm being conservative saying that. Wow. The only the only weak reason I'll refute refute that is if you look. I looked at the the stats last night, and it was they were. They mentioned the youngest Super Bowl MVP winners, and I think Patrick Mahomes is, what, 24 years old, 25 years old? Yeah, 24. And uh, the other, the second youngest was actually Brett Favre, and he won the MVP when he was 27. And that was, I mean, imagine after Brett Favre won that first Super Bowl, how many... How many Super Bowls we would have thought he would have won? Yeah, he only ended up he only ended up winning one. Yeah. and I just think I don't know. Teams people want to get paid. Uh, yeah, teams that don't is stay a together. Huge part of it. Yeah, it's just like I don't know if the 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 Kansas City Chiefs like they're just so fast. Like, is that speed like sustainable? To like Hartman's gonna have to get paid. Tyreek Hill's gonna have to get paid. I don't know. I just I just think uh, that Patrick Mahomes himself is just a different breed yeah uh, i mean a 24 year old going and winning the super bowl uh i mean thanks obviously could not work out the rest of his career but just from so far i mean it's been kind of unbelievable yeah. and while we've had this super bowl talk talk lloyd cox just went in there and laid down a heck of a run yeah, that was really good. I was watching that while we were while we were visiting about the Super Bowl. Hey, did you see the Cutting Horse Central video of the Super Bowl picks? I thought those were funny. Yeah. Two twenty six for Blackish. Uh, that Super Bowl video cracked me up because it was amazing to see just how many people were like, "Mr. Mark, I don't know who's playing in the Super Bowl." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the first two were Casey Adon Green and, and Don. Casey Green. Yeah. That was hilarious. But man, these five six open finals. What a tough little cutting. 226 we're, for Blackish, 227, then coming back with a 226. And then we're four horses in, and only one is marked under a 220. So I can't promise that it's going to stay Only stay one up marked under standard. a 222. That's true. <laughs> that. Yeah. Uh, That's and then true. you got the horse of the year from the year 2019, the Open Futurity Champion. From that same from 2018, Tater Rice and the saddle crazy coming up. I mean, no lead is safe in this this finals. No. But let's talk uh, a little bit about the let's talk a little bit about the four year old finals or the four year old second go round. And the I mean, it took a 438 to advance uh, to the four year old uh, open finals. Those are actually going to be taking place on Tuesday, the day that we put this podcast out. Uh, you got twice in Santiago that I just mentioned with Adon, top of the leaderboard. Um, just so many good horses that, that uh, I've been wanting to see how, how they're going to come back after the Futurity. And, yeah, uh, whatnot, it, it, so. and I mean, some of it is still 
up in the air on, I mean, some horses that were good at the fraternity or some horses that we didn't get to see in the fraternity finals or the semifinals. Uh, so, I mean, there's still a little bit uh, of time left to get a really good feel on uh, what are going to be the best four-year-olds this year. Adon has four more horses in the four-year-old finals. That's a that's unbelievable. He has six total horses um, in the open finals here at the Ike. Uh, twice in Santiago, Iridescent, Metallic Cherokee, and of course, High Rate of Hell. I'll tell you another horse I'm really excited to watch this year's Original Gangsta. I think that horse, I really like that horse at the Futurity. Um, obviously, with Lloyd in the saddle, I, I mean, for the rest of the year, I assume with him him showing it here at the Ike, how could you not uh, like... Hey, big shout-out to Cass Tatum, too. Their horse, Stevia, went down to West Monroe, and Lloyd marked a 440 on it, pair of 220, so... This isn't slowing down. This is no. It, this is, this five and six year old finals ain't slowing down right now. Yeah, I know. Is Tatum having a hell of a run too? I, I, I think he's at least in the mix so far. He needs to go have him a good third cow. Uh, but he he's he's having him a good run. Yeah, this was the show last year. Crazy came and marked what was it the two twenty nine in the four year old open finals. That was one of my favorite runs of the year continued her streak of dominance yeah won the futurity won the ike won the bonanza tatum had he had a good run right there but i mean so i mean these horses i'm telling you this is a, just such a good field of five six final horses um that i still i don't that 226 i mean that's that's plenty high score but i i still i think there's i mean there's obviously several horses left that could definitely beat that but i still think it just for today i think there's at least one out of the the rest of these horses that could top that 226 well now there's just going to come down to cattle and what's left and what you decide to cut and what's in the right spot when it no when you turn around for your second and third cut and what you option off on or what you decide to cut at the last i mean at this point now i think it's pretty much down to just luck and Maybe there's a maybe there's a sleeper cow in there somewhere for for Bo Gallion in there on Rolls Royce twelfth out because I know from experience being deep in West Monroe is no easy task and, and going slipping in there uh, late in this in this set of finals and, and marking you a good score is definitely going to be a challenge because it is never easy to really in any finals but especially here in West Monroe I was watching the limited go and kind of just later in some of those sets it just gets super rank and it just gets really hard to get your horse through a run. Hot new cowboy. This was another horse. Colin Chartiers acquired here. Sean Flynn had it at the Futurity, I believe. Um, I think Phil Rapp showed it at the Super Stakes, made the finals, um, was catch riding it that year. Uh, just a really cool horse. A hottish out of special new kitty. Everyone remembers her and her unbelievable style and the way she crawled around. I wouldn't have known the horse's name, but I remember uh, Sean having a horse that Phil catch rode. And there was something about something happened in the first go where Phil thought he was in a different set or he thought he was showing a different so horse. So what happened was they, the way the horses drew up in the particular order, I think this horse was a stud at the time and it was his third entered horse. And he found out like the set before 
that Sean found out that he couldn't show okay. it because he had already yeah. shown too many. And I knew there was something I couldn't remember. And uh, yeah, he ended up. I think Phil like found out like. 15 minutes before the cows were coming in, like, hey, I need you to show this horse in this next set, and he wound up making the, the Super Stakes finals on it. That's insane. Hey, Colin wasn't afraid to throw his hand down to start this runoff either. The Hulk will do that, man, especially in whether it's the World Finals or any finals. Some I'm sorry, favorite, but oh. I'm going to stop you on the Hulk. It's the Wolverine. The Wolverine. <laughs> Some of my favorite Wolverine memories are him trotting – Trotting cows up on little Pepto Cat in the in the water arena during the, yes. during the World Finals, like Taryn mentioned on our show, that's like one of the best horses that Taryn's ever swung a leg over. And yeah, the the runs that that Colin had in the World Finals on that horse, whenever he would haul it down the road, some of my favorites. Well, one of one of my favorites of that Colin showed uh, was Cataloo when he he hauled him in the open. That horse is in Colin Colin it. Is a lot smaller than that horse. Yeah, that's a big horse, and uh, yeah, look like a monkey uh, riding a collie dog or something. But Cataloo and Colin, they fit very well together. But you know, I, Colin, uh, he he kind of at one point in time you would have seen him hauling at the weekend shows a lot more than being really consistent going to the aged events. And I mean, he was. He was competing at a high level uh, when he was going. Like, a consistent show for him to be was the, going to the non-pro. I always seen him at the non-pro showing in the open there. and I, I mean, he, he's always been able to compete at a high level. Uh, but Colin's getting to the stage where, uh, oh, his horse just kind of laid down there. Yeah, that was, a little uh, special, that was a little special new kitty coming out in there right there. Colin's getting... Um, to the, I mean, I, I feel like the next level in um, his uh, career, and he's getting to one. He's got he's get he's got some really good horses right now. But I mean, getting in this five six finals, I mean it, that says a lot. And uh, I made the four year old finals today. Marked a yeah, marked a two twenty four. I think on on uh, Boone Dexter's for for the Belterre Ranch, had a 441. Just had a really good run on Hot New Cowboy. Yeah, he did. And the 5-6 open finals, too. Like I said, and a half. Colin's hot. Colin is hot. The Wolverine! I think you'll be seeing a lot of... what's up. There's just going to be so many big runs here in, in these finals. You're going to be seeing a lot of halves, a lot of 22 and a half, 23. I mean, that's just I crazy. Just, I, hope, I hope these... It's like splitting I, I hairs at this cattle, point, you know? I hope these cattle stand... stand uh, because I mean that's really the only thing that is going to hold this back of these scores not staying up like this. Uh, because I mean we still have great horses left to go. Yeah. K. Rudd, out of these last six horses left to go, if you could pick one that uh you would say was going to be marking over two twenty six, which one? I'm gonna would pick. You be I'm gonna pick. Saying? I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat and I'm gonna pick two and I'm gonna say okay. Rolls Royce and Carolina Rain. Okay, I'm not gonna allow you to pick two. You gotta pick one of those two. No, because, because uh, I one of those I was wanting to be my pick. I'm gonna say Rolls Royce. All right, I'll happily say yeah. Carolina Rain. You can't go wrong with either of those. Alrighty, so if we had a little gentleman's bet going on here's my 
My pick. Here's your little pick go, right here. To go above the old 226. Yeah, and uh, I... I got to spend a, a little bit of time around this horse uh, when I helped Matt and Megan at Vegas last year when we were all out there. And I don't know, this horse just sticks out a, a little bit differently, I feel like, than some other horses. Just her presence, it, you know, you go in her stall. Uh, she's just a really big, stout horse. But she, uh, you know, she just kind of has a feel of, uh, a, a really uh, unique uh, horse just compared to how, I mean, even other good horses, but just compared to how she carries herself, it really uh, stuck out to me. Um, just, I don't know, being that we watch these horses show and then actually getting to be in the middle of the process of them getting to go show, I th it it really kind of I don't know for me it puts it can put an, a big impression on what I think of that horse and um, Carolina Rain really did that for me. Yeah, she's the business. How much did we say she's won again? She has won two hundred and forty-five thousand. It's a little bit of a little bit of that money in the non-pro too, and Matt and Megan owned her. I'll tell you another one of my favorite parts about West Monroe is just the convenience of everything. You stay right there. Whether you're in a trailer or staying in a hotel, pretty much walk across the parking lot to your hotel room. Yeah, what's what's our uh, what's our old crawfish was it Crawfish City? Oh Crawfish City. How could I forget? I'm glad you I'm glad you remember that. I hope shout out Cody Headland. I hope he goes to Crawfish City while he's in in uh, West Monroe. Yeah, because it's crawfish yeah. season, man. This is this is prime time. Anything any restaurant of a food that I like and they include city on it, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm willing to bet I'm gonna like the place. You're probably wanting <laughs> to invest in the company if it's got city yeah. in the end of it. Yeah. They they need to open up on the old traders market. Crawfish City. There's actually plenty of good places to go eat dinner in West Monroe, whether it's Doe's or uh, there's a handful of other extremely good here we uh, go. High-end restaurants. What's your thoughts, K-Rod? Pretty good run so far. I like it. I, I, I like all Matt's horses, especially this mare, but they're all so cow smart, and they're just the way that the angles that they they take it, these cattle and the way they stop and, of course, draw. I just, I, I'm very drawn to the Matt Miller training uh, style for sure. He, he just had him three excellent cuts. Yep. He's at 20 seconds left on his third cow, and I – you know, it's different watching it on a computer compared to live, but uh, I, f I feel like he's gonna be close to the top. I don't, I don't know. If, really testing yeah, him. I don't know if he's gonna go to the leaderboard, but uh, definitely Matt a run put, in the twenties. Yeah, he he just laid down a pretty dang good run. That that last cap there, the last ten seconds, kind of challenged him a little bit. Two twenty three and a half. So unfortunately. My pick didn't get over that 226, but still a really good run. That was a good pick, CBL. Again, it just comes down to the draws, and if you're early on, I think here at West Monroe, you, you'd like to be early on and have have that first selection uh, of cattle and, and really be able to feel those cattle out and, and have yeah. plenty of I've options because options here are really in, at any cutting, but options are key. Yeah, and I mean, it really <laughs> – 
the only fault of Matt's run not going any higher is just kind of the last 10 seconds of that run. Here's another one of those Royce Stallcup trained horses. And also your pick. And this first cow of his is... A Rolls-Royce cow, as Bo yeah. has said on the show. Yep. Well, I mean, and too, it's, I mean, that horse makes that cow feel trapped because of of the i mean that horse just makes himself look even bigger and wider because of the horse being able to get spread out uh that too i mean yeah that cow maybe was one to to stay in the middle but that that horse did a really good job of making it stay in the middle of the pin did you see that photo of Rolls-Royce on Bo Gallion Cutting Horses and Stallion Services Facebook page from the first go yeah, just sir. him, like, hovering over the ground? Yeah. That's exactly what he's doing in this finals run, too. Just so much swagger. Yeah, I mean, this horse is unbelievable. Just a specimen. Yeah, he's just very unique because you just, I mean, almost, I feel like uh, people kind of want to, train that cowiness out of them or what i would cons i my personal or how i look at that as a horse laying down i kind of feel like that's a has to do with them being a really cowy horse and you uh a lot of the times people don't want their horses doing that and so you see one that does that and is able to go out on a consistent basis and compete at a high level i mean that's it's a very rare thing to see I think I made a bold prediction earlier on in this podcast that Bo Guyon was going to have all these cattle, know every single one of them, and he just cut. He did a hell of a job. Very, very good cows, deep in a set, third to last. I mean, I don't think you could cut. Um, Where are we going with that score? Any better cows than what he just cut? Yep. K Rudd. 229 for Super G. That's pretty pretty expected with Rolls-Royce, uh, just what he's done lately. Um, I think that's your champion right there. Yeah, more than likely. We're definitely not going to uh, say that it's over just yet. But now we're getting to witness uh, Thomas Gwynn and Bo. And Ashley all right beside each other after the run. That's pretty cool. Uh, but credit to you. How good were those first two cows that he cut? Like, where were those cows for the last? I mean, how did he find those? Yeah, and I, you know, with what you're saying, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to uh, what I had just said. Is in that horse's ability to ca- trap a cow. Uh, I think is overlooked a little bit uh, just because of we, we've seen really the last part of this, these cattle going and running a lot. And yes, Bo had to do a heck of a job picking his cows, but I just, that horse's ability to keep a, a, a cow in the middle of the pen and make it that cow just make feeling a little bit more trapped and not being able thinking it can't get to the side. Uh, I think that's one thing that is sometimes a little overlooked with that horse. But dude, I think another like cool thing just about Rolls Royce and just what sums up like that horse in general is I feel like every single show that Bo 
doesn't do well or if he calls it a bad show. I, I don't think he made the finals out at, at Abilene. And I think, I want to say, pretty much like every cutting he's won, he has like not not done well at the one before it, and he's gone home, made adjustments, come to the next one, and just kicked everybody's ass. So for yeah. me, I think that's super cool to see. Like he doesn't let the adversity get to him. He he if I mean he realizes that it's just part of cutting and and you're gonna you're gonna have some ups and downs and and really just recovering after a bad run. I think that's what that's really what cutting's all about. And yeah. that's how how I mean what from what I've gathered, uh, that's how that's kind of the recipe for success uh, in this sport is just having a short memory and and coming back. So uh, it's really cool to see. I was actually just looking at the Abilene results and. He definitely did not make the finals. He won the won the five six on MVP. I uh, didn't make the finals on Rolls Royce, and then comes back here at the Icon marks a two twenty nine on Rolls Royce. Like that that horse is just the definition of consistency. And come to these shows, stringing together. I mean, not just two good runs, but like three, two or three like sizzling runs. Like yeah, as good a runs yeah. as you'll see at that show runs. You know. And- and to your point, uh, when we had Bo on the podcast, he said that uh, the Cattlemen's was an important factor in all three times that he had won the Super Stakes. And he said, especially uh, with Rolls-Royce, uh, because he didn't do good there and he had to have made some adjustments going in uh, to the Super Stakes and he said, I mean, obviously that panned out, but dude, I mean, that's just a, a, a point made on what you just said. Yeah, about, I'm, I'm uh, glad we brought that up because I feel like it's lost in, in kind of just the whole deal that every show that Rolls-Royce goes to, he wins or he's marking like these big scores. But I mean, there's been some shows and yeah. it's no it's no dig it at, at Bo, but it's just part of riding a stud. Like some some days they're just not good. I mean, it's just yeah. all horses in general. And I just think it's really cool to see. I mean, Bo, but especially anybody after you come back from just not the run you wanted and come back and win the next show. I think that yeah. says a lot about just the type of competitor uh, that Super G is, as we well, we know. And I mean, also I I think maybe for people seeing these really good horses. You, you obviously are like, man, I wish that I had a horse that good. But it, And also what comes with that is you think when you have a good horse like that, uh, that it's kind of all easy after you get that good horse. And just like with what Bo said is, I mean, you, he's st- Bo's, Rolls Royce has won 252000 and Bo saying, yeah, I'm still making adjustments uh, going into a show. And I mean... I mean, there's one part of it is like, obviously you always need to make adjustments, but two is like, you think, oh, this horse is doing really well. Why would you be making adjustments too? So I think having that perspective of hearing someone like Bo, which I believe is one of the best competitors in the sport going out there and telling you is like, hey, yeah, I have to accept the fact that I got to, or I always got to be looking to make adjustments on a horse. Uh, I think is something really cool that people get to hear. Yeah, that says a lot just about Bo too, and just how dedicated he is to perfecting his horse training and making sure that all his ducks are in a row and that everything feels right and everything looks right. And I mean, that just that's that's Bo Galleon, if you ask me. Just him 
being so exact and precise and wanting everything to look as good as it possibly can. Super G! Another championship. This episode is brought to you by Western Bloodstock. The 2019 NCHA Fraternity Sale Results. 20 horses sold for 100000 plus. Overall average, 24939 Two-year-old average, 34613 The evening session average, 42676 Show horse session average, 29748 All sessions, 88% sold. Like their page on Facebook, Western Bloodstock LTD, or visit their website, www.westernbloodstock.net. Well, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Just wrapped up the four-year-old Open Finals at the Ike Derby. Uh, you already heard CBL and my reactions, kind of live reactions from the 5-6 Open Finals that were on Monday night. Uh, we got Cody Headland on the Skype call, too, live from West Monroe. Headland, what's up, dude? How are you? Not much. Just uh, hanging out in the beautiful town of West Monroe, home yeah. of Duck she, Commander. She's a beaut. Hey, man. Uh, did you have any uh, reactions from the from those 5-6 finals last night? Uh, I texted Bo Gallion right after. I was like, man, congratulations. And all he said back was, unreal set of horses. And I was like, that's a good way to put it. So what were your thoughts, Headland? Holy scores! Holy scores! Barn burner. Yeah, that was that was. Uh, uh, I was watching it as I was driving. Uh, it's probably not the safest thing ever, but had it right there on the dashboard. And I mean, it was. It just felt like run after run was just two twenty or better, and they were all good. Does he need any introduction at all? And going, what was he late in the second set and marking a twenty nine after? His brother, Bo's brother-in-law, Lloyd, marks a 26 on Blackish, who also needs no introduction. So it was, uh, it was. I feel like we've been saying it for a while now, not to beat a dead horse, but cutting's tough right now. I mean, these runs, the four-year-old just got over, and uh, Bo was second to last again and ended up second. Uh, and it's just like, from any, it feels like any horse – in any finals can be the champion right now. And that's crazy to think about. Did you think that being that one of the first six horses marked over a 221 going like, so there's pretty much half left in that set. It's like, are you thinking that there's not going to be very much cattle left? Or you think that, Oh, the, there maybe is not going to be very much cattle left, but there's going to be those good. There's got to be two of these last horses uh, that can be able to stick stick it out and throw up a big score. Yeah, and and I think we used to think, man, there's not going to be any cows left, and and that was kind of the narrative all the time. Like, man, it sucks to be last in the finals unless you're in Fort Worth, where they put four or five cows in the finals, but. uh I mean, any more these horses are so tough and so smart and so well-trained and so well-shown that it's like, I feel like any draw is a good draw in the finals because of the horsepower that we're seeing right now. Yeah, I I agree with, with all that. And, you know, it's 
like, I mean, we're, this show's in West Monroe, Louisiana, but, I mean, you put that, that, that show that just happened last night, uh, you put that in Fort Worth, Texas, and that's, it's going to be hyped up way more because it was in Fort Worth, Texas, but that, that finals, uh, in the five, six open, I mean, that's as good of watching as you want to watch anywhere you go in the United States, Australia, anywhere. That was as a good of watching of the best horses in the world competing in the finals. Yeah, the ideal performance horse event for sure. Those were just super exciting finals. I was glad we kind of did our live reactions to them. But uh, let's move on to those four-year-old finals uh, that just wrapped up. Um, Mr. Austin Shepard on a full sister to Deluxe Checks, the open world champion. This horse's name is Countess Katrina, and the owners are Amanda and Ryan Standish as well. Uh, marked a 228, kind of deep in that first set right after uh, the Wolverine. Colin Chartier marked a 223 on Boone Dextrous, kind of deeper in that in that uh, uh, first set as well. And then, like you were talking about, uh, kind of coming in late in a set, uh, Super G, his horses, man, they, they kind of thrive uh, deep, in, deep in those bunches here in West Monroe. He came in and, and marked a 224 uh, late in the second set to win the reserve championship. But, man, another great finals. Uh, st still a relatively, I mean, you want to say green set of horses with them just being four. But, I mean, with as we talked about during the fraternity, look at all these guys have d done their job, put in the work. And they've been ready to go, I mean, from what I can tell, since about September. So uh, it was a hell of a finals. You have all these runs over 220. So what, what were y'all's thoughts? I mean, I feel like, once again, it's just saying the same thing. But what a finals. I mean, Big A had a horse that he made the fraternity finals on and goes out there and lays down a run. Beautiful, right in the middle of the pen. Picture perfect Big A type run when you have seen his horses for so many years, that's exactly what it looked like to me. And, uh, it's, it's just, I mean, that's just that tough. Like it's, it's crazy to, to just watch this cutting and, and just realize, dang, like these are just four year olds. Yeah. You had a Don Banuelos on another fraternity for, I guess the Abilene spectacular champion iridescent also marking a two twenty one and a half. Um, Lloyd Cox on origin original gangsta. I was talking about him. How I'm excited to watch him the rest of the year. Uh, just a stack field of horses, like you said, Hudlin. Uh, all those runs. Colin's run was really good. I thought uh, here today um, that Boone Dexter's horse. I think Missy Jean showed it in the non-pro at the fraternity, and I, I want to say she made the semis. Uh, I think she got ran over in the semis, but that horse looks sweet. Colin's got it tied down. He's hanging off to the side, doing his little Colin Chartier, Hulkamania, Wolverine thing he does. It's so pretty and had hot new cowboy laying down in the arena last night. So Colin Chartier's hot. He's won the Super Bowl bet, his first bet ever, uh, Cody, as uh, I mentioned for, for uh, at the beginning of the show that a uh, big, big shout out again to, to Colin for winning his first bet. He had a hell of a show uh, here at, at the Ike. The guy's hot. He's, he's sizzling right now. Yeah, Colin, Colin's run last night in the five and six finals was, I mean, it was right at the top with, with those other two runs, Lloyds and Bows. I mean, it was, wasn't nothing to shake a stick at by any means. He had that horse dialed in, fell down, still kept control of the cow. I mean, just like his mom did. So it was, uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, and there's a finals here in West Monroe. There's a pretty unbelievable picture that I seen on uh, Facebook today of Colin leg or his foot is has got to be about five inches from the ground and for the people he's that don't know tall. yeah for the people that <laughs> don't know who colin is or haven't seen him in person he's not the tallest horse trainer so he's not, he's not tim smith out there <laughs> no but um i mean and this is just repeating pretty much what you said cody but you know it's it's gotten it's gotten to the point, I mean, even like going back to the fraternity, it's gotten to the point that it's it's not about who's working harder than who. Because all of these guys are, I mean, they're, these horses are, they, over the years, they, everyone has got it down to an exact science of the amount of time that uh, you need on these horses. And with these riders, I mean, it, com- it really comes down, I mean, because of all these horses being good, it comes down to, yeah, some of your luck of the draw. But, I mean, these riders are pushing the issue with these horses to just make them even better. And, uh, I mean, in this four-year-old, we got six horses that marked over a 220. I mean, that that says enough. Uh, it took a, what was it, 438 to make the finals? Yeah, yeah. Four, 437 and, and, and a half are usually golden anywhere you go. And I think... Yeah. I think so you got to mark, mark a pair of 19s to be in the finals of this event. I like, think this is a discussion for a different day, but uh, with the NCHAs moving into the leveling um, and the uh, some riders that have won already over a million dollars being able to show in these other classes, I think it's great for the sport because of the, the top tier, uh, horses in that division. It's nearly making it really, really hard to even go to shows and compete when you're, when some of those guys that are well, that are still great trainers, but just maybe in that time being, they didn't have that horse to go mark a four thirty eight. And so to allow those guys to keep going and showing too, I think it's it's going to be really good uh, because of how tough it is getting for the regular Open. Well, not just the Open. I mean, I know we spend a lot of time here talking about the Open, but it took a 220 to make it yeah. to the 5-6 non-pro finals today. Yeah. And, and it's the same in the amateur. It's it's tough in that division too. And that's just the cutting as a whole. It's it's People are are doing their homework getting ready to show buying good horses getting good horses trained and i mean it's it's fun to watch that's for sure what a time to be alive yeah i agree Amen. another another highlight from today uh, mr brady davis marked a 225 to win the 56 limited uh he marked a 225 on linda wells horse redhead wow. from denver so we wanted to give brady a shout out uh that limited deal i love that they're doing the leveling uh, stuff here and give those guys and uh, some of these horses another run uh, for uh, some of these guys that didn't do as well in the in the regular open they can come back showing the limited and have a chance to to do well so big shout out to Brady that, that was a smoking run uh, congratulations to that you heard CBL and I kind of discuss the Super Bowl and kind of our reaction from Mark Michaels funny video that was posted on Cutting Horse Central 
Headland, we were laughing at the amount of cutting horse trainers, mainly Casey Green and Adon, that just had zero clue who was even playing in the Super Bowl. But did you have any uh, reactions from the Chiefs uh, winning the Super Bowl this year? Pretty good game. I thought the Niners' defense was pretty damn good. Uh, just for 40, what, or I guess... Three and a half quarters. 50, yeah, three and a half quarters. Um, it's just... Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense is unreal. I mean, to be able to score 21 points and come back from a 10-point deficit again for the third time this playoff season. Maybe he didn't play the best that night, but he damn sure was the MVP. I mean, they couldn't have came back from that without him. And, yeah, the running back had a good game, but he also didn't even run that <laughs> run that far. Yeah. You know, as a Broncos fan, I'm a little worried. So K-Rod asked me this question yesterday. What or how many Super Bowls do you think Patrick Mahomes can win? Total? Yeah. Including this one? Yeah. Three. That's what I said. I bet he wins wins two more. K-Rod. To me, there's no way he doesn't win another one. Like, to me, there's no way he doesn't win another one. I agree. But, but the NFL is I tough. Mean, and like K-Rudd said, there's things that can get switched around and everything. Brett Favre With, won his first one, and he was 27. And he never won another one. Shout I out, Broncos. Patty <laughs> Mahomes is, uh, like what you say of some of these horses, he's a freak of nature. Freak of nature. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm – Having to see Patrick Mahomes twice a year being a Denver Broncos fan, it's not exactly exciting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the nature of the beast. And it'll be interesting when they figure out, you know, if obviously they're going to have to give Mahomes the fattest contract ever. I mean, uh, I don't know why you wouldn't or why you shouldn't unless he just doesn't want to want to take the money and let's other guys get paid. And I don't know. Tom Brady did it for a long time and it allowed the Patriots to keep a lot of key players there um, or go out and sign big free agents for a year. Shout out Randy Moss. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and the, the Niners, I feel like they're getting forgotten in this whole deal that I feel like they played a great game. Uh, it was theirs to lose. And I don't know, all, all playoffs, just watching the games, I felt the time there's no way the Chiefs are going to lose. Yeah. Like even when they were down twenty four to the Texans, I was like, "They'll come back." Yeah, no big deal. And then they ended up covering the spread and won by what twenty points or something, yeah. nineteen points or whatever it was. And it was the same thing here. Like all the Niners fans were getting excited and you know talking smack, and it's like, you know, this ain't over yet. Yeah, <laughs> these guys can score fourteen points in a minute thirty. So uh, y'all just chill out for a second, and they did. Yeah. The Patty Mahomes but, factor. Yeah, that's a, and then I mean, take all this other stuff out of it, and I mean Andy Reid, one of the greatest coaches the NFL has ever seen. There's so many good coaches that have came from his lineage or his tree, like they talk about, and for him to finally get one, being close with the Eagles many years ago, and then finally getting that one, almost getting to the Super Bowl last year if D Ford wasn't offsides, and, and I mean just. Uh, that guy is one of the hardest working coaches in the business. And you 
the reason I say that is because you hear all these analysts talk about it day in and day out. Every time they talk about an Andy Reid, hardest working coach, everybody loves him. They, all the coaches respect him, and to watch him win his first one. I mean, it's crazy that he just now is winning his first one. Well, and to think, I mean, I remember I was a little kid when the Eagles were in it, and they were talking about, well, this is the Andy Reid's first time to the Super Bowl as a head coach, blah, 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 and then now it's like, holy crap, like this yeah. many years later. And those Eagles teams were very dominant too. Yes, yes, they were. And he was just shouting out his hot wife after, <laughs> all, after, after the game. It was pretty funny. Yeah, but yeah overall, very exciting Super that, Bowl. That, that and getting a double cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very exciting Super Bowl. Uh, came down to the last, last couple drives, the last five minutes of the game, and that's what we love to see. I'm going to miss football season, but – uh, we'll be having March Madness. It's time to time to start plugging the Section K March Madness bracket pool. Amen. Again. So I'll be Amen. looking for that, I'm here, ready for that here before too long. I think Selection Sunday is like five and a half weeks away. So we'll uh, we'll be getting ready for Selection Sunday. But I think uh, we'll call it quits on today's episode of the Section K podcast. Headland, thanks for taking the time and uh, coming on uh, taking after after the cutting today. So. Good luck the rest of the show out in West Monroe. We'll be cheering you on, CBL. We'll be talking to you, brother. You guys uh, take it easy. We'll be seeing you all down the road. Adios. Bye.